Well, y'all, welcome to uh, the second to last of our series in Ecclesiastes. Can y'all believe that? I know that some of y'all, you're like, oh man, I wish we could do this for the rest of the next year as well. Um, we're going to hit two chapters today, so I want to get going, uh, but I really, I, I hope this, uh, this book has been as impactful for you as it has been for me. Uh, just to remind you where we are in the book. We are going to be in chapter 10 and 11 today, but we are now no longer living under the sun. We are now living with the fear of God. So even in our daily lives in the book, we've we've learned that we have to live with the fear of God or with God in our, our minds. We can't go through our entire lives living as if God doesn't exist. And so that's kind of where we're at, where we're beginning uh, today. And I want to start off with this question for you. And this question uh, is, has, is a profound question that actually has impacted my life. And it's this, it's kind of a riddle, okay? Y'all ready to riddle me that? All right. So how do you teach an 80-year-old man to touch his toes? How do you teach an 80-year-old man to touch his toes? Here's how you do it. When he's 40, you teach him to touch his toes, and then every day after that, he needs to reach down and touch his toes. So in other words, if you want to be able to touch your toes when you're 80, you have to start when you're 40 and do it every single day. It reminds me of a guy who was telling me about his first time at uh, yoga class, and he was exhausted afterwards, and this woman comes up, and she was like, over 80 years old, and she could put her her legs behind her head, and she came up to this guy and was like, are you okay? And he felt so embarrassed because he's this 30-year-old guy, and he, he felt so embarrassed that this 80-year-old woman was, was checking on him, and he actually asked her, hey, how do you, how do you, you know, how are you so flexible? And she says, well, when I was 40, I started yoga, and I do it every day. And this single idea really has impacted my life. I think there's a principle here that we need to understand, and that is that who you want to become, you have to start living that now. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Last week, we talked about our bucket list. And remember, we said it's not about winning. It's not about the accomplishments. It's about wisdom. And so today, we're going to talk about living a wise life, about who are we going to become? Who do you want to become? Now, I'll tell you the truth that over the last 20 years, I've done several funerals. I've done a lot of funerals. And for me coming in and just hearing about somebody, sometimes it's exciting to hear about their accomplishments, something they did one time. But what I've learned is that everybody that is in the funeral that is there to kind of celebrate their life isn't there because of the thing they did one time. The reason that those people are there to honor that person's life is because of the things they did every day because of the habits and just the person that they were. And so this has had a profound impact on me. I've begun to think about my life, about not just the things I want to accomplish, but about who do I want to become. For example, in my marriage, I don't want at the end of my life, I don't want to just say, oh, he had a great marriage. I want my wife to be passionately in love with me. And so I, I every day want to be forgiving of her and have her forgive me. And I want a culture of just love in, in our marriage. And for my kids, I don't want to just look back and have, uh, you know, a, 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 um, a snap uh, fish book or whatever, I don't know, a book of, of pictures of just our best memories 
I, I want my kids to choose to come to me, uh, you know, when, the, when they're discouraged or when they're having a hard time. When I think about really where I want my life to go, it's a lot about who I want to become, who I want to be, not just the things that I want to do. When I think about our church, you know, used to, I would dream about having a big Sunday and having a lot of people, but now I think about our church as a family. I want our church to be a family. I want you to be there for me on a, on a hard day, and I want to be there for you on a hard day. And so it's about who we're becoming, not just the big things we accomplish. And so basically what I'm telling you is I, I learned I got to start touching my toes every day. Wise people touch their toes every day so that someday when they're 80 or 90 years old, they're not going to have back problems and not be flexible. They're going to be able to touch their toes. So here's the question I want to kick off uh, um, for. So if you're at a gathering, maybe you talk to the person uh, that is uh, in your vicinity. If you're online, and I saw several of y'all online, so I'll give a shout out to, uh, I saw Haley, I saw Joan, I saw Beth, uh, I saw Greg online, so I'm glad that y'all are joining us. Here's the question I want y'all to answer to kind of kick us off, is what is one thing that you want to be able to do in 10 years that you are not able to do right now. And I'm not talking about accomplishments. It's more of who we are. What is something that right now you wish you could say about your life? And, and, and when you look 10 years down the road, you think, you know what? I would love my family to, to be like this. I would love to be the type of person who can, maybe it's handle God's word. But what is one thing you wish you could be able to do regularly in 10 years that you can't do right now? That's kind of our jumping off point. Now we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and 11. And today's message is going to be a little bit different in that this is kind of a buffet style message, okay? And what that means is we're going to hit a lot of points. In fact, I got nine points today, but they're pretty clear points. And so if you're taking notes, if you're going through this, what I'm going to try to challenge you to do is maybe just one or two of these are something that you think, you know what, I need to live that way because we're talking about a, a, a life of wisdom versus a life of foolishness, a life of folly. And, and what I hope that you'll see during this time is that there are many of us that even though we're, we're Christians or even though we're trying to follow God, even though we're trying to be wise, there are some parts of our life that we are not living wisely. We are living foolishly. And so my hope is that this will be challenging to some of us. So let's jump right in. The first thing I want you to, to see, the first kind of principle is this, is that fools ignore the 2%, but wise people confess. Now, the first verse in, in chapter 10 says this, dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outlay, outweighs wisdom and honor. Uh, you've maybe heard the, the phrase, a fly in the ointment. Well, basically what this means if you've been around Connection Point at all, you've heard us talk about the 2%. You see, 98% of our lives we talk about all the time. We're willing to just share with, but there's all of us have this 2% that we say, you know what, I am not going to, if I were to begin talking about your 2%, you would get up and leave the room. You would never disclose your 2%. And what, uh, what, what the uh, the preacher is telling us here, what he is telling us is that there's always this 2%, and that's the fly in the ointment, okay? 
And you can pretend like, oh, it's just a little fly. It's not a big deal. But understand that that one fly is going to overwhelm every single thing about your life. And so here's what happens. You know, you can be great with your money. You can be great with your family. You can be great with your relationships. You can be great at your job. You can be great in all of those areas. And then you have one stumble. And understand that that one moment of folly Okay, that one purchase that was ill-advised and you bought it on credit and you're going to be paying that off for years. That one moment of indiscretion that, that even though you've been wise with, your, with all your relationships for the first 40 or 50 years of your life, that one moment of indiscretion can ruin your reputation for the rest of your life. And so basically what he's saying here is understand folly outweighs wisdom. And so you've got to always live it. Every day, you've got to touch your toes when it comes to a wise life. We see this with, with preachers all the time. There's, there's this, sometimes as a pastor, I'll just be honest, you get into this, well, this is my job. Of course, I'm a, a good person. Of course, I'm going to be wise. And, and, and we see pastors all the time that will build up a ministry and a family and a lifelong work only to be ruined with one moment of indiscretion. So here's what I want to, to ask you. What are you ignoring in your life that if everyone knew, it would ruin your reputation? You know, for some of us, it might just be time that we've got to deal with this. And I've got good news for you. That's what, that's what being a Christian is all about. Jesus gives us hope that, that even if you have this 2% that you're ashamed of, that's what God wants to heal you from. In 1 John 1, 9, this is, what, uh, this is what John says, but he's referring to the power of Jesus in your life with your 2%. He says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 goes on to say, if we say we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar and his word is not in us. Understand the power of God to cleanse you. That, that when you confess and you confess first to God, but if you really want to be cleansed, what you got to do is you've got to find somebody you can confide in. It doesn't have to be a preacher. You just got to find somebody that you can say, you know what, I've got a fly in my ointment and this fly is going to ruin my whole life if I let him stay there. And you've got to call on the power of Jesus in order to, to cleanse your life. That's the promise he gives. And none of us can say we have not sinned. If we do, we're calling God a liar who says he has the power to cleanse us. So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing I want you to see in this is that fools think they are in control, but wise people deal with their problems. This is what it says in verse two. It says, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Now, this is not a political verse, although it's amazing that the Republicans don't tag this on everything, right? Like, I mean... That seems like a no-brainer, but uh, anyway. Even when a fool walks on the road, he lacks sense, and, his, and he says to everyone that he is a fool. If the anger of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for the calmness will lay great offenses to rest. Now, this is what it's saying. It's saying that fools walk down the road, and even if maybe this fool is walking too close to the road, maybe he's kind of coming into oncoming tra traffic, for some reason, this guy is just being foolish on the road. And everybody who sees him knows it, but no one wants to say it. And so he acts like he's in control. I, I'm, I'm okay. I walk near the road all the time. I, 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 I walk into incoming traffic all the time. No problem. I've got this under control. 
And meanwhile, everybody's looking at this person saying, you know what, they have nothing under control. This is an accident waiting to happen. We've all seen those people and we, we never recognize it when it's us because we all have these areas of our life in which we think we're in control. We're in control. And, and what happens is all of a sudden it gets really bad and we think I'm still in control. And so, uh, for example, if, if the, the ruler is angry at us, we think, you know what, I'll just slip out tonight. I'll open the window. I, I, can, I can still escape it and our, and our foolishness is catching up and we always think, well, I can dodge it again. I can dodge it again. And so what it's saying basically is you have these broken relationships or you have drama in your life or you have an addiction and, and you're trying to control it and you're saying, no, 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 it's, a, it's no problem. I've got this under control. You know, maybe it used to be that you enjoyed a, a glass of wine every, every uh, so often, but now you've kind of gotten to that point where Every single night, I've got to have a glass of wine before I go to bed or, or something like that. And you think, I've got it under control. And meanwhile, there are people in your life that are looking, saying, you know what? They don't have it under control. This is not good. But a wise person, rather than trying to sneak off and always avoid the consequences, a wise person's going to stay and, and says, the calmness will lay great offenses to rest. A wise person is going to face their challenges. So here is the question I want to ask you is what area of your life do you need to deal with? What area in your life right now, where are you pretending to be in control? Maybe that's the word that God has for you, that you realize, you know what, I'm pretending I got my, my eating under control. I'm pretending I got my, my addiction under control. I need to quit pretending. The next one, fools exalt what should be despised and they despise what should be exalted. Fools despise what should be exalted, and they exalt what should be despised. Verse 5, there is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as if it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in a high place, and the rich set in a low place. I have seen a slave on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. Now, these slaves, by the way, are not the chattel slavery that, that you would think, oh, well, they need to be exalted. No, this is a, a debt slave. This is somebody who, through poor decisions, they made bad decisions, and they so, sold themselves into slavery to kind of to pay their bill. In other words, they're in this position because they were unwise, but yet here they are being exalted, getting to ride on a horse, and the prince who, who was tried to live a, a wise life, they got to this position because they were helping people and all of these good things, and they're having to walk, and, and no one's exalting them. And you know, I was thinking about this. You know, a hundred years ago, Albert Einstein was famous. Did you know this? Albert Einstein, and we had like inventors and people who had accomplished things. And if you look at who is famous today, we've got YouTubers, we've got social media, we've got the most famous people right now are measured by their, their influence online, right? We, fought, we exalt things, we exalt people that, that haven't done and, then, and that, that we, we aspire to be people that are easy to follow. And here's the thing, is that Fools are easy to follow. They don't challenge you. They don't, they don't call out any of your, they don't call you to a higher thing. They don't call out any of your mess. And, and so what we find is that we dream about being famous and not about being faithful. We have a generation right now that wants to, to be YouTubers and they're not dreaming about what could I invent that could maybe help out mankind. How could I live a life and lead people to maybe a challenging place, but to a better place? But what we see right now is that 
TikTok. Life is about influence. It's about Instagram. It's about you know, Snapchat and all of these things. That's where we want to be famous. And we're willing to forsake sometimes even the people around us just so that we can be known by, by people we don't know. And then even our own creator, God, we, we, we don't seek to be known by him. We exalt the things that we should despise and we despise the things we should exalt. Here's the question. What in your life do you need to value more of? And what do you need to stop glorifying? All right, here's the next one. We're going to keep going. We're just rattling these things off and just knocking this out. Fools never learn. Wise people grow. Fools never learn. Wise people grow. It says, he who digs a pit will fall into it. A serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. And he who quarries a stone is hurt by them. And he who splits a log is endangered by them. So picture a guy who every single day, his job is to dig a ditch. And yet he falls into it one day. Somebody is in construction. They knock down a wall every single day. And one time they just reach through and they get bit. It reminds me of me. Uh, last year I was mowing my yard. I mow my yard, you know, every year, but uh, several times a year, actually. <laughs> but last year I was mowing my yard and a rock hit me in the eye. And the, it, you would think, okay, I'm going to wear safety glasses. But the, the sad thing is, is this wasn't the first time a rock had hit me in the eye. Over the past 30 years, it's probably happened, a, a, I don't know two or three times where it's hit me and like blood was drawn. But yet, as the foolish guy that I am, I just keep going and I never put on the safety goggles. You've been around people, maybe you, if you've ever been around people with firearms, and you know somebody that owns a gun is usually pretty good with a gun. But every once in a while, you get around that person who just does not respect it. And it's just, they're foolish. They just wave it around. They, they, they're looking at their, you know, they're just not wise. And so this is the idea is that there are some people that every day of their life, they, they just go through it as if it's just going to happen. It's just, and they never get any better. So look what it says in verse 10. The iron is blunt and, the one, and one does not sharpen the edge. He must use more strength, but wisdom helps one succeed. So it's basically saying, listen, you need to in life, you need to be teachable. You need to be learning. And it goes on, and this is a great verse right here. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. And here's what it's saying. It's that you can call yourself a snake charmer, okay? But if you go and you just pick up the snake and before you charm it and it bites you, you're not a snake charmer. You're a guy who called himself a snake charmer. If you were a snake charmer, you would have charmed the snake before you ever touched, the, the, before you ever done, touched it. And so some of us go through life and we say, listen, I, I want to be a godly father. I want to be a, a godly husband. I want to be a godly man. But yet we never actually charm the snake. We never pick up our Bible. We never actually take our kids and pray over them. We never actually do the thing that we say we want to be. And so if we're going to say, you know what, I want to be a godly man or woman. I want to be someone who, who is wise in our ways, but we're never actually taking the time, then we are, we are not who we claim to be. I have a friend who uh, realized that he is not patient. And so you know what he decided to do? He started driving in the slow lane everywhere he goes. Every time he gets on the highway, he drives in the slow lane. And he said he hates it. But it's teaching him to be patient. Because fools never learn. Wise people grow. All right, where do you need to grow? Where are you going through the motions spiritually, but you need to take action? Next one. Fools talk. Wise people listen. The words of a wise man win, fate, win him favor, 
but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of the mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be, and he who can and who can tell him what will be after. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. So talk, fools talk about things they don't know about. They, they are always talking, and they'll always give you an answer, whereas wise people listen. This verse 15, I think, is the, the best, one of the greatest verses in this as well. It says this. It's, it's basically saying, listen, there are people who just walk and walk, and, and they're always tired, and they're never getting to the city because they don't really know where they're going. There's some of us who are always trying to, to act like we know where we're going. We're trying to lead people to, this is what you should be doing, but we don't know where we're going. And listen, life is exhausting if you don't know where you are going, if you've never sat down and said, you know what, this is where I need to be. So I think about it like this. There's some of us who, uh, who, who have trouble with our kids and we think, you know what, our kids are incorrigible and, and I just, I don't, nothing can be done with these kids. And, and we tell people why our kids are incorrigible, but we never look around to the people who have actually raised nice kids and, and kids that listen, and, and instead we tell them why our kids will never be like that. Instead of getting around people and saying, hey, why are your kids like this? What could I do? And, and thinking, maybe I can make a change. Who could you ask for help? That's the question I would ask you. If you're in a place where you're just tired, I'm tired of trying to fix this and it doesn't seem to work, and I, I, I think I know it all, but where could I ask someone for help? Now, the next one. This is, might be my favorite. I got a lot of favorites in this one, if you can't tell. Fools decide with feelings. Wise people delay gratification, okay? Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. You ever feel like the king is a child? And your, and your prince's feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility and your prince's feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Though sloth, the roof, through sloth, the roof sinks in and through indolence, the house leaks. Now, bread is made for laughter and wine gladdens life and money answers everything. Now those, it seems like it's, okay, that's a lot. What does that mean? Well, first thing it's saying is, listen, there are some people who, who are adult children. They get hungry, so they immediately all got to eat now. They, they want to have wine at 10 o'clock in the morning just because, hey, that's what I want to do. And they never delay their gratification. Anything they feel, that's what they do. And, and, and what happens is you have a child leading, basically. So that that's be a horrible thing if you can't delay gratification. But a wise person, when they need strength, they're going to eat. When they're celebrating something, they might have some wine. But they're not doing this just because they feel like it. They're doing it because it's the appropriate time. And then you, have a, you, you look up and you see that the roof is beginning to lag because there's a, there's a, a leak in the roof. And so the, you know, the boards are getting wet and it's beginning to sag. And, and somebody that is lazy and doesn't feel like getting up there and fixing the leak, they're just going to sit there and eventually that roof is going to cave in. But what they're going to do is they're going to look around and they're going to see somebody who has bread and, and is laughing. They're going to see somebody with wine and is you know, enjoying life. And they're going to see somebody with money that they, they paid somebody to fix their roof. They, they, they fixed a lot of their problems with money. And they're going to say, man, must be nice. And all they see is what somebody else has, and they never look at what that person is doing. 
We see a CEO, we see somebody that's running their own business, and we think, man, must be, must be nice. They got lucky and have that. Instead of looking at them and saying, man, they've used wisdom. We see somebody driving a nice car, and uh, we, don't, we don't know. Maybe, maybe they've saved and saved and saved and saved. And so instead, we want a nice car. We go out and we buy it on credit, and we, we, we overextend ourselves. And so what it's saying is, listen, you've got to learn to, to delay gratification. All right, let's keep moving. All right, uh, fools blame others. Fools blame others. Verse 20, even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom, curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice or some winged creature tell the matter. In other words, even if you think that, that they'll never hear, don't even think it. Because there's something destructive about even thinking it's somebody else's fault. It's never my fault. I'm in this position because not through the things I did. Wise people don't blame others. Who are you blaming right now? Who, who are you blaming as the cause of your problems? All right, we'll keep moving. Fools are stingy. Wise people are generous. Okay, it says this, cast your bread upon the waters. Maybe you've heard this, cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight and you know, for you know not what disaster may happen on the earth. This is the, the principle that you reap what you sow. You know, there are some of us who think, oh, I don't have enough to give, or man, that person's in problem, has their problems, but you know what, I, I need to save my money, or I don't have enough to give to them. But what it's saying is, listen, if you're the type of person that is generous and helps people out, when you, get, uh, when you have a problem, people are going to remember, oh, I remember when I was low, and they helped me. You know, there are several people that they could come to me and tell me, hey, I have no place to live. And I would say, you know what, come stay at my house. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of because they've been so generous in life. And then there are some people that are going to wonder that they look around and they think, why do people never help me out? Why are people never willing to help me out? And the truth is, it's because you're living a stingy life. You're living a life where you're not generous and you're not looking to help people out. That comes back around. You reap what you sow. You know, the question I would ask you is, um, where are you refusing to be generous? Where in your life could you be generous? And, and, and who needs help? Where do you have an opportunity to give, but you're being stingy? You're withholding what you could be generous. All right, the last one here. Fools make excuses. Wise, wise people sow. Fools make excuses, wise people sow. This is what it says. It says, if the cl clouds are full of rain and they empty themselves on the earth, and if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way of the spirit that comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and in the evening, with, do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And here's the thing, is that we can, he's basically saying, listen, there are people who look out and say, you know, what's going to rain today, I don't need to sow my seed, I don't need to work, I don't need to go and be uh, generous. And, and this reminds us, by the way, of the parable that Jesus told of scattering seed. And he said, you'll scatter seed, some on the, on the path, some you'll scatter among the thorns and thistles, and some will be on good path. 
And so the, the idea here that I want us to think about is how are we living out the gospel? There are some of us that will make an excuse at any time. Well, you know, a tree could fall or, or, or it, it could rain and wash away. The, there's always an excuse not to do something. There's always an excuse to say, you know what? I'm going to live in fear because if I go in there, what if a tree falls and hits me on the head and kills, you know, that could happen. And what he's saying is, listen, God is in control of all of that. God is in control of the rain. He's in control of the season. He's in control of when things fall over. But what we need to be doing is sowing seed. We sow in the morning. We sow in the evening. And we don't say, you know what? I'm not going to sow today because it doesn't look like the right time to sow. If you are a Christ follower, if you are someone who is trying to lead a wise and godly life, you are always sowing the gospel. We are always looking for opportunities in which we could tell people about the love of God that which we, in which we could draw people to Christ. There's never not a good time in which you can tell someone that Jesus loves them, that you can tell someone that, listen, I see where you are and it's a bad ways. Let me show you a wise thing to do. God, has the, God can give you the power to overcome. And so when we think about this, the question I want to ask you is this. What is keeping you from starting today? What is keeping you from telling someone today that Jesus can change their life? You know, maybe it's that you aren't there. Joey talked earlier about some of us are kind of in a stagnant place. Maybe there's something today you need to do right now and quit making excuses of, you know what, today's just not a good day. It looks like it's going to rain. It's too cold. I, 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 I don't have that relationship. But if you're going to follow Christ, if you want to live a wise life that will return to you, you've got to quit making excuses. Now, Here's the big idea I want you to see today. Every one of us is going to end up somewhere. Now, a fool has good intentions, and they think, when I'm 80 or someday, I'm going to start all of these things. When I'm 80, I'm going to fix my marriage. You know, I'm going to be a, a godly person. I'll start getting nicer eventually. You know, their fools are going to say, you know what, someday when, uh, when I become CEO, I'm going to be able to take care of my extended family. I'll be generous then. You know, someday I'm going to start getting healthy, but I'll start on Monday because it's Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. I'll start later. Today I'm going to have ice cream and I'm going to have a lot of leftovers and a lot more leftovers and even some more leftovers. You know, some of us think, I'll be, a, I'll be a better uh, mother or father, you know, later when my kids quit being such jerks. You know, some of us have that mentality of it's all of them. But a wise person instead looks at their life and says, you know what, if I'll start right now being wise, if I'll start right now following the words of wisdom, then someday I'll be able to touch my toes. Someday, even when most people are thinking, wow, there's, there's, there's no hope, I'll still be able to live a godly life and I'll be in a place that I intentionally wanted to be because I chose wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the word that you've given us in Ecclesiastes. And we were, just pray that you, every single day you'll remind us of your wisdom that this is not something that we have to try to be better and better. Instead, we'll be reminded that we have a Savior that has forgiven us of our flaws, that has helped us to overcome the struggles we can never over overcome. And because of that, we can live a wise life. So Lord, I pray for every single person today that, that identified one place in their life that maybe they're not being wise. Maybe there's something we're pretending to be and, and we need to make a change today. 
Lord, my first prayer is that we will turn to you. We will call in the name of Jesus and your Holy Spirit, your power that raises the dead. Lord, that we will feel that power and that will give us the power, the motivation, the experience so that we can move forward in victory. And Lord, for those that think we're, we're not worthy enough, we're not good enough to, to become the person that you're calling us to be, I pray that you will see, that you will let us see ourselves the way you see us. And that is not dirty and filthy, but instead that is someone who has been made righteousness, made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice you made on the cross. So Lord, let us see ourselves as you see us. And that is redeemed by our Savior. Lord, give us the strength to live a wise life today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.